0: Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success, hosted by John Biggs. Every week, we talk to an amazing person about a time they failed, and what they learned. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going. Welcome back to Keep Going, a podcast about success and failure. I'm John Biggs, and today on the show we have one of my favorite musicians, Mike Doty, uh, formerly of Soul Coughing, but currently a uh, you're doing like a, a song a day or something crazy like that on, no, on Patreon, no, no. Mike.
1: Just a song a week. Song a I, week.
0: Uh, oh, it's not not even a day. I think you're it's a song a week, yeah, no, all right. no. uh, a song a week. If you're familiar with his music, uh, then you'll know exactly who mike is but if you're not i want you to check it out it's, it's probably some of the, the most important music that i listened to as a kid oh my gosh i swear to god i swear straight up um and i'm really pleased that you could uh you could join me
1: oh well thanks for thanks for having <laughs> me man you <laughs> tweeted that you were looking for guests and i was like i, I know going to podcast yeah
0: exactly it was uh, it was actually a real treat uh usually i get like usually i get like tech bros who hop on and they want to say that like their their one failure was they they forgot to uh they forgot to put a parenthesis somewhere <laughs> in their python script which is fine everybody's got their stick right but uh that's a failure it's it is a failure and uh, and but i want I wanted, I wanted i wanted like artists and i want people who are um who were thinking uh were thinking in different ways so this is perfect yep so why don't we just go why don't we go into the story i i i, sure. I read both of your books uh you're doing a lot of uh, great music right now, but why don't you talk about? Uh, was it always this this amazing for you?
1: Ah, uh, amazing! <laughs> I mean, um, no, no. Okay. I mean, I mean, what, the the music. Uh, people remember me for most, which is the soul coughing music. It, you know was like really um, the most difficult time of my life and it that that period ended with sort of a protracted suicide attempt Mm. um so no it wasn't always good and it's it's still like you know it's good and it's bad and it's good and it's bad and i'm sort of still learning to um you know uh uh accept that that life is life live life on life's terms as the saying goes
0: so I, rather than, I don't want to relitigate the whole story, but basically you were with the band, the band sort of, the band to a degree took the music away from you, at least mm-hmm. from how I understand it. Yeah. And that, and that battle, I mean, that was, that was your, that was your produce. You were, you were younger then, obviously. Uh-huh. And that was your, that was your world changing produce for a decade in the nineties. Yeah. And you didn't have that anymore. What, what, what did you feel when that, when that was taken away?
1: So the heart, I mean, it was, it was taken away when I was like 23 and we signed a record deal and I had sort of found myself in this uh, little bubble of these guys that, that fucking hated me, who told me that this dream of mine was going to crash if I didn't sign over the rights to my songs to them. And if I not only signed over the rights to the songs, but sort of made this kind of ideological agreement that there was no such thing as songs okay
0: but no such thing as your songs and no such thing as songs in songs, general. Period. Okay All right
1: like in the context of soul coughing, whatever I was doing just was just was coinciding with what they were doing. Okay, so, so you happen yeah.
0: to be in the same room and, and Janine, yes. Janine popped out
1: somehow. Exactly. Interesting, yeah, okay. Exactly. Janine's interesting because it really was, I mean, that fucking breaks my heart. I mean, that was really recorded pre-Soul Coughing, and um, Sebastian Steinberg, Soul Coughing's bass player, plays on it, but it really was like my recording that I wanted to put on. The album, and it really, like that one, it really hurts to see the names mm-hmm. of um, non-writers on when, you know, periodically a check for $14 shows up, and I go, wow, this should have been a check for, what's 14 times 4? Four? You're probably better at math. I'm
0: not, but like, it's like 60-something. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, you know. we're
0: both, we're both <laughs> we just embarrass yeah. ourselves 100%, but go for yeah. it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like it, like it, it just really uh, hurts and it'll hurt for the rest of my life.
0: How do you, how do you move past something like that? I mean, so let's, first off, I want to humanize this to, to a degree. Like I, I, I can't, I want people to be able to wrap their heads around this, this idea. If somebody steals something from you at work or somebody steals something at school is what, what's the, what's the analog, I guess, for like a, for like a normal human
1: So if you invented something, um, at work and your coworkers, uh, said you didn't invent this, um, and we own it, Mm -hmm. I guess, I mean, I don't know what else.
0: Sounds, sounds, sounds like it works. And then what did you have to do to, to move past that? and also this is your music this is this is your yeah. livelihood this is your career and how did you get the impetus and the inspiration to keep writing
1: um i mean i keep i keep writing and making records because it's just my identity you mm-hmm. know it's just it's just who i am i wouldn't um i i i, I don't think i would ever stop you know i mean i th- i think um it's it's just it's just a, a function of of what I am as a human being. It's just to create work.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's an that's an interesting uh, point. I think the the idea that you, as Mike Doty, are going to be constantly creating music. You're also going to be writing. Uh, you're a you're a columnist. Uh, you're a journalist. I guess a reviewer, I suppose, yeah. for a number of years but mm-hmm. that that impetus to keep going what what drives that is that Is that something internal to you? Did you train yourself in high school or something like that just to want to keep doing it?
1: that is a really good question i mean there's a there's a great mark Marin quote um, that he he said, "I'm not so much following my dreams as being dragged by them across a rocky landscape <laughs> and you know i I don't know you know like i i i don't have any other job i've done i've done a lot so i uh don't have another job um you know i don't have kids not married um you know like i like i don't think my life would be feasible if i um if i had a family mm-hmm. um, but uh yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just a, just drives who I am.
0: And was, was there ever a moment when you said, okay, well, screw this. These guys, these guys messed with me so much that there's no, there's no value in going back to this. Was there ever a moment when it was going to be Nike, Mike Doty accountant?
1: <laughs> when it, uh, <laughs> I, wait, like in what, it in what won't
0: was, was there ever a moment when you're like, okay, I'm going back to school for, I don't know. Uh, HVAC repair or something.
1: Oh, oh. Well, um, kind of no. I mean, I, I, I don't. Um, I, I, mean, what, what else am I gonna do? Like, <laughs> like you know, like well, I'm fifty-two years old. What mm-hmm. am I gonna do?
0: But even let's let's say let's say twenty-five, right? Let's say let's say a couple years after that after that mess.
1: Um, twenty-five. No, well, was it was. Uh, it was 30 Mm -hmm. when it ended okay um which of course when you're 30 it feels way older than you actually are yep um but uh no i never i mean i i had you know certainly have been deeply dispirited but um i don't think i really have the option of giving up and i want to somehow say that in a way that doesn't sound like you know a tech bro hustle culture mm-hmm. like you don't have the option of giving up's not an option losing's not an op- I mean, i'm not mm-hmm. just not that that kind of a person but just on a very um uh very centrally cognitive level um it, it has never been an option for me to do anything else i don't think i could do anything else
0: how does, so, let's, so let's, let's say we're talking to a, we're talking to young writers, we're talking to young musicians. How do you know when it's, when that Rubicon's been crossed? Do you ever know? Uh, is there, was there a point in your life when you said, I, I, so, so I, I remember, I remember an interview with Tom York and, uh, uh-huh. and he said something to the effect of, he was in college, he started a band and he realized that, that he could be, his career option was primarily just rock and roll star. And he realized that was a career option, and he realized that he was good enough to to build Radiohead and and do that. Was there a moment when you felt that, or is it just a slow accretion? And I'm thinking myself as a writer, for example, I never, I kind of told myself I was going to be a writer. I kind of forced the issue when I went to Uh college. Um, But was was there ever a moment when you said, hey, this specific version of me is what I'm going to share with the world for the rest of my life?
1: Well, I mean, I never thought I was going to be successful. Um, I felt like I was sort of pursuing this dream uh, in a mindset of dread, mm-hmm. you know, like I like I, I, I remember making lists of record companies and seeing, you know, like, how can I find the address and how can I send them a tape and how can I put together, you know, I had like three bands that I called Soul Coughing before the Soul Coughing um, of record came about um you know and then I was playing gig solo acoustic and I was like doing doing a couple other things but I mean I just like I, I I didn't really have hope until um one day I met a video director who was like okay I can make a video for you I was like great He's like, it'll be $5,000. And I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. (laughs) Because literally, literally, like, I mean, I I had points in my early 20s where, you know, it it used to be that um, the minimum to get money out of the bank was $10 in the ATM. And I always had less than $10. So I would literally, like, write a check and (laughs) withdraw, like, $6, you know, which would, like... Get me a you know a hamburger at McDonald's and a pack of cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it was until so so this guy. Sorry, I lost the story. That's right. Um, He was like uh, he was like, okay, well I'll tell you what, I'll get you a record deal. Okay. (laughs) I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Here's the (laughs) tape. Have fun. And he was just, I don't, I don't know what happened to this guy, but he just started calling up record labels and being like, Soul Coughing is the greatest band in New York City, and they're mm-hmm. going to be... And just, you know, whatever kind of bullshit rap he gave people. And then a bunch of record companies showed up to a gig. Hmm. And, yeah. And um, so, you know, I guess part of my advice is meet a hustler. Mm-hmm. Meet a hustler. I don't meet a hustler. Like, I don't know how... How? Like, this guy just sort of came up out of the blue. And by the way, we never made a video with him, by the way. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really that good of a video maker, to be <laughs> honest. He, he, he was just, like, enormously confident. But at that point... Um... Oh, that, I mean, I, I, I t- tell you what is I used to um, when I had a gig, uh, and, you know, and and a tone landline mm-hmm. before I had a gig like like a week before I would call literally everyone I knew and I would start at noon and I would go to like midnight mm-hmm. and literally call everyone I know and say, hey, I have a show next Wednesday. It was always a Wednesday or Wednesday is actually rather luxurious. It was like a Monday or a Tuesday (laughs) and like nine people would show up. Right. You know, I mean, I would call 200 people, 300 people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just literally anybody whose phone number I had. It wasn't like, you know, pizza delivery (laughs) number, like literally and I'd probably call them too.
0: Yeah. You could have gotten like four guys to go.
1: So, and then one day had a gig and I was like, you know what? To hell with this. I'm not calling anybody. Hmm. I don't care. Like, it's like, I'm done. I don't want to do this. And 55 people came to the show. Wow. And it's <laughs> like that number. Um, like I'll never forget it. 55 people. And it was like, it was like a wonder in the universe. Like, holy shit. I'm sorry. Can I curse on this? Oh, you ass? can do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that was lo- that was like a life changing moment. 55 people. And I didn't have to call them. <laughs> they just saw that we were playing and they came to the show. Like and that it. was like, God, that was, that was like the first hopeful moment. Mm
0: hmm what do you have to do to maintain that, that, um, momentum? I, I think we talked a long time ago about Uh the experience of putting out CDs in the nineties. You could, you could sell a million CDs, you could get a lot of money and almost overnight that industry just basically shattered. So why don't we talk a little bit about that experience? Uh, I mean, how that felt to, to know that you could no longer get anything at Sam Goody and you had to actually like, put it on an internet website somewhere and sell it.
1: Well, what happened to me is I regarded soul coughing as a failure, a total failure, uh, because somehow I had let these dudes be in control. Mm -hmm. And somehow these three guys who, it sounds like a, a weird paranoid exaggeration, but their whole life was about hating me. Mm hmm. Um, and they were just the kind of people that wanted to hate life and hate whatever situation they were in. And so, um, you know, like we, we made a record with this big producer and they completely subverted him and fucked up the record. And, you know, what I thought would have been kind of our breakthrough was not our breakthrough. Um, and so there was never any month. Like I, 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 I'd left my apartment in Brooklyn in like 1995, and didn't live anywhere until '98. Mm-hmm. Like I literally just lived on the road, and I had a tour manager who uh, had a friend in Florida. I crashed with that guy. I had a girlfriend that lived in London. and I would go to London. I would just, you know, I, I was just uh, homeless basically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then making the third Soul clapping record, we were doing some mixing in New York, and I was like, you know what? I'm coming back. I'm getting an apartment. And so I went out and I got an apartment and then couldn't pay for it. Okay. And this was in 98. So yeah. this was when soul Coffee was on MTV. Um, you know, this was, this was like the moment like we're our hit, you know?
0: So this was Circles. El Oso. This was, the, El Oso. Yes, yeah, Circles. was El Oso. Okay.
1: Right. So at that moment I could not pay 1350 a month. Mm. for a uh kind of
0: well in um, 98 that was pretty <laughs> 1350 a month this was even yeah. pretty high yeah yeah, 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 yeah should i should have see. hit williamsburg or something
1: i know i was on riving Street. it was oh. very hopeful yeah um so yeah so i couldn't i, I mean i i couldn't afford rent period you know mm-hmm. um and uh two years later when i Quit the band. Um, I had made a solo record with a producer named Kramer, who uh, is partially lost to history because his name was Kramer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I really, I really think that like um, Seinfeld had a bad effect on this guy's career. But he had these. He uh, he made the first low album. Mm-hmm. I could live in hope. He made yeah. the the Galaxy Five Hundred albums i think the first i don't they had a total of like four he did three of them Mm -hmm. um he shimmy disc was his label he uh he was in a band called bong water with ann magnuson oh yeah yeah yeah. and so i just loved his sound and he had these huge reverbs and you know uh just this huge sound from very kind of spare simple elements so I made Skittish, my first solo acoustic record, with him. Uh, could not get the label interested in it. And it ended up on Napster. Okay. So I quit the band. Um, I called up my booking agent, which who's the only person. I got to shout him out. Frank Riley, man. <laughs> gave me... So he's kind of a huge agent now. He wasn't a small agent then, but he really, like... I remember talking to him on the phone and he said, okay, why did you break up? It was like a week after breaking up the band when I had to call everybody, uh, you know, and he said, why did you do it? And I said, well, I wanted to run my own shop. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, I get it. I'm going to book you a tour, right? Okay. <laughs> so he booked me a tour and I went out and found that people were requesting like the only answer, which was the first track on the album. Yep. Um, and which was curious because the record had never been released. <laughs> so Kramer, I guess in a fit of pique, had put it on Napster and it found an audience. And so I was just, I literally, they were like blueback CDRs mm-hmm. of the album that I was selling for like 10 bucks a pop. Um, in this incredibly diminished circumstance, where I was li- literally selling them off the stage, and I would come home from these tours with a bunch of money, mm-hmm. so th- and it was the first time in my life where I was making a living. Okay. Um. So I don't even know what your damn question was,
0: John. No, but no, I- no. Look, <laughs> I it. no, I think you did. I think you did. So, so you, so you took you took what was you took what was obviously like you were you were you were charting uh circles was a big hit you did um with uh, the uh it the helicopter song that was that was around el oso as well right yeah,
1: that, that was before that's a whole yeah that what, is a that's a tale of failure like you would not believe in that
0: song. <laughs> that's <laughs> let's uh let's let's worry let's worry about one failure at a time yeah. but you basically you basically went from you went from a Charting a charting mm-hmm. band with a with a with a, f- a acceptable contract, I suppose you could say, yeah. To a to I guess you would say like a TikTok musician to a degree oh, yeah. where you're just like, hey, I'm just gonna make a musical thing, it's gonna be on this, it's gonna be on a CDR. Hope you yeah. didn't want, uh, hope you didn't want a, a liner notes or anything because here it is, yeah, literally. It was and a, yeah, because. It was like it always it always feels like I, I talked to a, I talked to a cartoonist um, Ruben Balling recently and and he he oh. noted that he noted that the same thing happened to him he just got absolutely lucky that that an audience was so dedicated to him and his in mm-hmm. and his and his, and his, and his cartoons that they went anywhere that they that, that he went and I think you were in the same boat in this case
1: yeah. and, and it was a it was a really small number of people mm-hmm. but they paid money because they liked it Mm -hmm. and they kept coming to the shows. And you know, my first three years of touring was, I I just was like, you know what? I'm not going to play soul comic songs. I don't want to do it. You know, it just hurts too much. Mm -hmm. Um, and so three quarters of the audience were like, boo, fuck you. You know, Mm -hmm. why aren't there drums? Um, and then this little, little, part of the audience loved it and stayed and that's why i have a career and it really was like and you know they either i mean more i think more of them had it on napster than actually bought a physical copy of the Mm -hmm. disc um but yeah it was it, it was very pure it was the music got out into the world and uh and it it just was loved People took it into their hearts. People took it into their lives. It became important to them. And that's why I made a living.
0: So just to, I think, to round this out, how does it, what's the, what's the advice on being somebody like that in somebody's life? I know it's, I know you never, I never know you never planned it. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan, still was a huge, huge fan during the, during the uh, soul coughing days, still a fan of your writing um, and the music. How do you maintain that? How, what, what what do you think when you write a song? Are you writing it for? You're not writing it for me. You're not writing it for that that one fourth of the audience. Who are you writing it for? And 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 what's your goal when you do that stuff?
1: Um, I mean, my goal is to keep Patreon subscribers <laughs> and to so- <laughs> to grow the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon is like eight hundred some odd people. Nice. Um, and it usually. It's down right now. It goes up and down around two thousand. Uh, a one thousand mm-hmm. um, is like kind of the middle, and it could go, go up to twelve hundred and down to eight hundred.
0: You, you could you could probably do like a macroeconomic like uh, whatchamacallit, call it, like a tool to to measure the economy using using oh your my. Patreon.
1: <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Um. Uh, except I got I got a ton of uh Subscribers during the, the the early days of the pandemic, mm-hmm. I got up to like twelve hundred during the early days of the pandemic, and it was like, um, it was kind of mind blowing. But I guess everyone thought I was in trouble. Okay. And I wasn't in trouble because the Patreon is consistently, you know, paying the mortgage. Hmm. Um. Damn, dude, John. What was the damn question? I'm like well, totally lost. Well, no, look. Here.
0: Well, you 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 took it you took it to the to the to the point where I actually thought you would take it because this is a business for you. This is your livelihood. Sure. Uh, this is you can't do anything else. Again, there there is no Mike Doty HVAC repairman. No, there's Mike Doty musician. But the idea that the one fourth of that audience, one fourth of those people in that room, uh, loved you and continued to support you even mm-hmm. after their quote unquote favorite music was gone. And all of a sudden, it's a new kind of music, but it's all still based on your same riff style. It's still based mm-hmm. on your same writing style. How do you cultivate that? How do you build? How do you build that audience? Or is it just is it just you going out in the universe and saying, "Here's the Mike Doty music that I I want to give you guys. If you like it, enjoy it. If you don't, do you ever have any sort of sort of um, do you ever tell yourself I have to write something to to please a certain certain uh, contingent?
1: yes but it's more like um you know i'll I'll have done a bunch of like super abstract electronic pieces Mm -hmm. and then i'll be like you know somebody out there wants an acoustic song that's just straight down the middle so i'll write one of those and then if I write too many of those, I'll be like, you know what? I need to do some super abstract electronic explorations for the people that, that want those. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think about the audience. I mean, I try and get to a state where, um, you know, so the, in music, your art form tends to be your ego. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, your, your job is not to make something that people love, but to be you. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's really bad for, Mm -hmm. for your brain and for music, you know, like, um, so I try to think, I mean, you know, like there's not, I'm not going to be. Drake, so I'm not thinking like this is going to be a huge hit. The kids Mm -hmm. are going to love this, but I do (laughs) think I do think like I'm a listener. What do I? What do I like? What am I going to cherish? Because for me as a listener, I I'm a very questing listener. I, I get on Spotify every week, listen to everything on the release radar. Mm-hmm. Listen to everything on the rap caviar playlist. listen to everything on all new indie. Go through like what's the uh, there's there's a a, a a like a deep house new releases playlist. I go through all that stuff. Oh wow. so i I go and I spend hours and hours doing it and i I just sort of forward it to about the thirty second mark. listen to the end of a verse into a chorus. And they'll know immediately whether or not I love it. Wow. And so every week I do this, hundreds of songs, and I'll get like four songs that I love, right? And at the end of the year, I'll have like 20 songs that I really, really love, like really, really cherish that really move me. And so I'm trying to write one of those. Okay. You know, like... Um, there's a song on uh, on um, Golden Delicious
0: mm-hmm.
1: called "Like a Luminous Girl." Yep. And there's a woman who uh, she actually worked at Apple, which is really interesting, <laughs> um, because she got me a super deep discount on a MacBook Air. Oh, nice! Back in the day, yeah, it was really it was really really nice. But she had loved that song. And then she went through chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And she, so she made that the title of her blog. That she, you know, this was like 2008 or whatever. Yep. Um, about her experience of, of chemo. And this is one song she absolutely, absolutely loved. It was so important to her. And so I want to f- write a song like that. That gets to the person who needs it.
0: Excellent. And and if you keep doing that, there's no failures essentially.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, uh, um, I. Again, I don't know what else I could do with my life. Like li- mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> you know, if Patreon and I'm I'm scared about Patreon because I'm I rely on this company to exist. And I, I, I you know, I am just terrified of
0: I, I know the CEO. I'll yeah. go yell at Jack if he screws you. So, dude, uh, dude yeah.
1: tell tell Jack to guard his core business. Yep. You know, like he's in Silicon Valley. I know uh, it, he is. He used to be a, he
0: used to be a, he's, he was a, he was a musician. I think he still is. I know, uh, I know. Pamplemos, yeah, yeah.
1: But every week that guy goes to a cocktail party. Yeah. Where somebody goes, oh, dude, you're not in the compression space. <laughs> oh, you're not in the <laughs> NFT maximalization, mm. amortization, blah, blah, blah space. And I know that everybody in that little, you know, uh, you know, teapot, Mm-hmm. Is, is like look at each other going, oh, I should get into the NFT space. And, you know, yep. Um. so I just like, please, Patreon, guard your this core business you have with your life because there's musicians who rely on, you know, in a big way and in a small way. Mm-hmm. But like, they sent, out, they sent out an email like two years ago that was like, this year there's going to be big, big, big changes. Big, big, big things are coming to <laughs> Patreon. Big, big, big. And I was like, no, 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 no. He just (laughs) said, no, don't, please, don't, please, like.
0: Just give me a box to put a credit card number into, and and that's about it.
1: Exactly, and I, you know, if they, um, you know, if they biffed, uh, I'd have to start from scratch, and start starting from scratch on that means not paying my mortgage Mm -hmm. for a month or for two months. So, like, Jack, please tell Jack that whatever he does, like, put this core business in a lockbox.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll get Jack on the podcast next week, and i we'll, will yell at him. Please, yeah. Mike. This has been amazing. Uh, it was <laughs> it was wide reaching. I think we went I think we went through multiple levels of, uh, of failure and success, and uh, and it was actually really beautiful. I'm oh. really glad we got to have this uh, have this chat.
1: Well, thanks, John. I really appreciate it. Um, You know, see you on the Twitter.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm John Biggs. This is Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success. We will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Keep Going. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going.